From Desi Bio Consulting, I am your host, Julia Kirkland, and this is the Desi Biome. Whether we are keeping you up to date about the latest news in the life science industry or providing you with compelling debates, we have got you covered. Today, we have a particularly interesting debut episode as we recap trends and activity in 2022 and discuss 2023 projections and predictions in the liquid biopsy space with real takes from clinicians and biopharma stakeholders across the industry. Super exciting episode here today. I will let Alex, one of our life science consultants here at Desi Bio, take it away. Thank you for the introduction, Julia. To give a little bit of background, liquid biopsy is a rapidly growing area in the field of precision medicine. As a pulmonologist we spoke to defines it, liquid biopsy refers to the analysis of tumor-derived circulating genetic material in the serum, blood, or other body fluids from cancer patients. Popular analytes of interest, or the actual molecular targets that are being analyzed, include known gene mutations on freely circulating tumor DNA that sheds from the contents of dying cancer cells, epigenetic modifications or methylation, and even fragmentomics of tumor DNA in genes of interest, uh, multiomics, which is the combination of multiple analyte analysis into a single test, which is becoming increasingly popular in the industry, and even the analysis of whole circulating tumor cells that are metastasized and are circulating throughout the body are at the site of interest. So while tissue biopsies have long reigned as the gold standard of practice in cancer care, liquid biopsies offer a non-invasive, faster approach with increasingly comparable diagnostic efficacy, measured primarily by metrics such as percent test sensitivity and specificity at recognizing and discerning the specific cancer types or indications of interest. And the adoption of these liquid biopsy tests is growing, uh, marked by new investments and developments in the space seen monthly. But where is liquid biopsy moving, and how fast are these developments approaching? Well, to hear the thoughts and hopes of stakeholders, we spoke to a few oncologists and pathologists to understand what they think will be the most interesting liquid biopsy developments to happen in 2023. To give one final overview of liquid biopsy and its use in oncology and cancer practice, this currently sits predominantly in three main application areas along the cancer care prognostic continuum. There's early cancer detection, therapy or patient selection uh, for use on certain cancer patients, and minimal residual disease, known as MRD, or monitoring. Early cancer detection aims to shift cancer care by catching patients at earlier stages in cancer development. Therapy and patient selection focuses on targeting therapies to the right patient based on their molecular profile, such as genes they may have and ensure that the patients who are most likely to benefit from them are receiving the right therapies. And then minimal residual disease and monitoring consists of multiple use cases across the patient journey, looking for signs of minimal residual disease in the blood, uh, any sort of recurrence, therapy response, and even therapy selection to ensure that remission can happen and that relapse can be sort of prevented uh, in a timely manner. So a pathologist at a hospital network we spoke to said that they expect early cancer detection to be the most impactful development for liquid biopsy in 2023. Instead of continuously chasing after new treatments, which eventually ended in death, the potential for catching cancer early on in the disease process I think will be quite a game changer 
Thanks, Alex, for that intro. As the pathologist mentioned, interest is gathering around NGS-based early cancer detection and the potential shifts in patient care can create as cancers are caught at earlier stages. Early cancer detection can include targeted, single-cancer approaches such as Garden Shield, intended for detecting early signs of colorectal cancer in average-risk adults, which announced availability in the U.S. in 2022, or broad multi-cancer approaches such as Grail's Galeri, which is currently undergoing large clinical trials to showcase its utility as a broad population screener. While current early cancer approaches such as mammograms for breast cancer or colonoscopies for colorectal cancer are expected to take a long time to phase out, stakeholders note that single cancer early detection, especially for large incidents or high shedding cancers, to be more feasible in the short term as complementary assays, while multi-cancer approaches collect more data. The pathologist also mentioned that while early detection may be the biggest game changer, she still thinks MRD and monitoring, and even its use for therapy selection, is very significant, as we hear here. Also, the detection of minimal residual disease is significant, though not nearly as much as cancer detection. However, I think when you can catch relapses early, it will be very impactful for the patient, especially when there is potential to try new treatments, stronger doses, uh, or um, second and third line treatment options. MRD has a myriad of potential use cases, from determining the need for adjuvant therapy post-surgical resection, to evaluating response to a therapy, to monitoring for any signs of relapse. Stakeholders note their confidence in MRD's clinical utility and impact on patient care is also increasing with clinical trial readouts. In 2022, we saw Gardent Reveal's coverage approval for CRC, or colorectal cancer, and a Terra Signatera test, expanding coverage from CRC to include muscle-invasive bladder cancer as a Medicare reimbursable indication. While developments to MRD testing and adoption are on a more indication-by-indication basis, due to different cancers having distinct testing and treatment paradigms and varied shedding of circulating tumor DNA or ctDNA into the blood, an oncologist we spoke to from an academic medical center describes an interesting use case across indications that he sees occurring in the short term. The most interesting liquid biopsy development I see happening in the near term is the integration of serial monitoring for identifying tumor progression and treatment response. I think that this um, is being explored across a number of products and particularly in the disease of lung cancer, I see a use case for comparing the detectable ctDNA levels Um, over time as they compare to CT scan imaging. I think a key area of need, however, is a reimbursement structure to support this type of work. And I think more efforts are needed um, to obtain regulatory approval for this type of strategy. Another oncologist we spoke to from an academic medical center outlined some interesting trials using ctDNA analyses that are set to read out in 2023. In a prospective study of breast cancer patients undergoing regional nodal irradiation, investigators are evaluating changes in ctDNA and their correlation at several time points subsequently to invasive recurrence-free survival. An interesting part of this study 
The investigators will also evaluate changes in T-cell immunophenotype during and after radiation. In another study in breast cancer, investigators are aiming to identify breast cancer subtype-specific tumor signatures through whole genome sequencing of ctDNA. This study may identify, through comparison with healthy volunteers, a set of loci across the genome most informative of cancer contribution in cell-free DNA. Among patients with resectable melanoma who receive neoadjuvant checkpoint blockade or BRAF-targeted therapies, another study hopes to correlate changes in ctDNA concentration during neoadjuvant therapy with pathologic complete response. This will be particularly important in identifying the subset of patients who are not responding as expected to neoadjuvant therapy and may benefit from treatment escalation or surgery at an earlier time point in their treatment trajectory. Gastrointestinal malignancies are arguably the area with the most robust evidence to date. An interesting study from MD Anderson is evaluating the impact of lifestyle changes combined with aspirin and vitamin D among patients with colorectal cancer treated with definitive therapy who have detectable ctDNA. The study hopes to determine the clearance rate after three months of optimal lifestyle intervention. I find this study interesting because as an athlete myself, it will be fascinating to see what impacts diet and physical activity can have on ctDNA. And as novel therapies arise and therapy paradigms shift, therapy selection will remain crucial in the patient journey within oncology. A medical oncologist from a community hospital expresses his thoughts on where liquid biopsy will be in 2023. I believe the use of liquid biopsies will become much more commonplace in the curative setting. Currently, in diseases such as lung cancer and colorectal cancer, we have different ways of using therapies um, that both involve either chemotherapy and or immunotherapy. In a curative setting for patients with early stage disease, at a time when there's no tumor that we can see on scans, However, we know that treating in this setting will prolong survival. And coming back full circle to the pulmonologist who defined liquid biopsy for us, he leaves us with some of his hopes for the evolution of the liquid biopsy landscape. There's no current uh, liquid biopsies approved, to my knowledge, that uh, assess for PDL1 status. So, you know, it's certainly an evolving treatment landscape. Uh, I certainly look forward to upcoming trials and uh, new available products that will help in the um, you know, early detection of these uh, issues and also improve the sensitivity of testing. Uh, it certainly is, currently does have a place in the treatment landscape, but I'm sure as the technology evolves uh, and we have more randomized control studies, that this will become a more important uh, part of the lung cancer uh, diagnosis, screening, and treatment uh, landscape. As the stakeholders we speak to note, Applications across liquid biopsy hold great potential in impacting the standard of care for patients, but at different points and timelines. Early cancer detection can shift cancer detection to earlier stages and be a game changer for a patient compared to a new therapy. But multi-cancer early detection is still a distance from wide clinical use, and single cancer early detection is the likelihood in the near term. MRD or monitoring allows non-invasive frequent touch points to surveil a patient's response to therapy or signs of relapse before detection and imaging, and can potentially inform escalation or de-escalation of therapy or earlier action against recurrence. Therapy selection remains a core point in the diagnostic workflow of a patient, and there's potential for liquid biopsy to be more commonplace or include new biomarkers to help patients receive effective, targeted therapy. 
And now here's Andrew, a partner at DesiBio who leads our efforts in liquid biopsy for some of his broad thoughts and predictions for liquid biopsy in the near term. These are still fairly young markets, um, but you know, based off of some of the, the early trajectory, we expect that within the next couple years, MRD and monitoring as well as early detection, the volumes in these applications are going to significantly surpass volumes from therapy selection testing. Um, it will just, it'll just be interesting to see when that happens, if this is in the next one or two years or closer to the next three or four years. The other thing I'm looking at in 2023 is what I call these next generation liquid biopsies. So these are tests like the Garden Infinity or Smart Assay or Keras' Assure Assay or Personalis' Next Liquid Biopsy Assay, which are all much more comprehensive in terms of the uh, size of the panels, as well as different types of analytes that are being incorporated into liquid biopsy assays. Uh, and so I'll be interested to see what the adoption and uptake of these assays looks like. Thanks, Andrew. And something I want to understand more is your expectations on decentralization of testing. Blood samples are easier to biopsy or collect, but when do you see a shift from centralized testing? I think MRD and monitoring as a whole will likely remain centralized in the near term, um, partly just due to some of the availability of the assays that are out there, but also there's at least a sense among stakeholders that the MRD application, the post-surgery application, requires pretty exquisite sensitivity, uh, which you know at least many people believe favors the tumor-informed approach. And I don't anticipate that that tumor-informed approach is going to be decentralized uh, broadly. That's uh, an approach that is likely going to be better executed from a centralized perspective. Uh, however, some of the surveillance and, and late-stage monitoring applications, especially when in the late stage where exquisite sensitivity isn't really as important, that can certainly be uh, decentralized. And so I expect at some point, uh, maybe not in 2023, but we do expect to see as that late stage monitoring picks up um, opportunity for some decentralization of that type of testing. If you're as excited as us to see where liquid biopsy goes from here and to keep up with the interesting developments mentioned, check out our monthly LBX newsletter on LinkedIn or on our website where we gather important clinical and commercial news. Thank you to Amal, Alex, and Andrew from Desi Bio Consulting for their commentary and production help. Thanks to all of the stakeholders who participated and gave their insights. And thank you, Cameron Braverman, for the beat on this podcast. And lastly, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time on the Desi Biome.